Uh, this morning we're going to be carrying on our series on a devoted church and we've had we've been exploring different uh, values or different areas of the early church's life that, that they were devoted to and we've had so far they were devoted to God himself uh, they were devoted to following God's lead they were devoted to loving each other supernaturally with a love that only God gives they were devoted to prayer. And this morning we're going to be looking at the fact that the early church were devoted to God's word, to the Holy Scriptures. So I'm going to invite Peter to come and he's going to share with us. So I'm going to jump behind the camera. Peter's going to jump in front of the camera and, and it will be seamless. So Peter, over to you and we'll go from there. Well hello everyone. It's uh, nice to be with you. I, I nearly said it's nice to see you, but you can see me and I can't see you, which is uh, a, a new one for me. Um, I'm just going to kind of get my computer up and running so I can see what I'm doing. So what does it look like to be devoted to God's word? What does that actually look like? I've, I've been reflecting over the past few weeks um, in preparation for this morning about what that actually means. And, and I think that it falls under two kind of very broad headings. There's been devoted to understanding the word, and there is devotion to, and uh, uh, devoted to be accepting God's word. So understanding and acceptance. And I want to begin, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with, um, looking at acceptance and then we have some, scripture from John 6 um, uh, to reflect on and then we'll, we'll kind of have a, a time to think about what acceptance looks like. So to begin with understanding and I, I want to tell you a story. In, in 1983 I was 10 years old. It's a period of my life that I like to call the milky bar kid years <laughs> um, for those that you understand that. It kind of predates the proclaimers years which um, uh, also uh, kind of followed on from that. And in 1983, I was a member of, of the Boys' Brigade. Now, as you all know, the Boys' Brigade is kind of a posh version of the Scouts, slightly better, but don't let anyone uh, uh, tell you otherwise. Um, and in 1983, I was part of uh, a company. You had companies at different churches, and I was in the 18th Redbridge Company, and that was part of a battalion, which was the Redbridge Battalion in the East End of London. And during that uh, time, there were various competitions. And one of the competitions was on Bible, uh, basically a Bible quiz. And so myself, together with um, the Sheridan brothers, who were very clever guys, Richard and Geoffrey, the three of us embarked on various heats, and we won through Redbridge, and we won through the east of London, and we found ourselves going up to central London for the grand final. Now, let me tell you that I was the captain of the team. Now, that's important for no other reason, I think, than to kind of resolve sibling rivalry. They, they kind of just made me the captain. And the quiz went along, and we were answering the questions, and they were all about uh, a passage from Genesis and when Abraham becomes Abraham. And we'd learned, we'd, we'd researched this, and we'd listened, and we'd, we'd kind of looked at... Um, this, this passage of the Bible. And it came to the final question, and the answer was either A or B. And Richard Sheridan was absolutely convinced that it was B. And I was absolutely convinced it was A. And if we got this question right, we would win the London quiz, 
which in 1983, that was a great moment. For those of you, of course you'll all know this, but um, in 1983 the, the BB was 100 years old, so it was a big deal. This was a great quiz. So there we are at the final question. Richard said B, I've said A. I'm the captain, so we go with A. Now you know the rest, it was B. That was the answer. We lost, we lost by one point. I actually went online and had a look, and this quiz has run every year since, until this year, because of COVID, and Redbridge have never won. They've never got close. So important life lessons there, but also a recognition that all too often when we think about God's word, we think that we have to understand it. Now, I've had a lifetime of great listening to great sermons, great teachers, of podcasts, of commentaries on the Bible, all about understanding God's word, what it really, what it really means. And what I want to say to you to, this morning is that that's great, that's important, and we need to understand. But there is a difference between understanding God's word and accepting God's word. And I, I, I draw that, that distinction, that, that acceptance, allowing God's word to really seep into every part of our lives, being obedient to it, is, is as important um, as, as just understanding it. I've, I've come across people who have had great understanding, but by their own admission are not sure that they have a faith in Jesus Christ. They can, they can real love Bible verses. I've never been able to do that, actually. But for them, that's been part of their, their story. But they're not sure whether they really believe. And that's the distinction between understanding, you can understand it, but accepting it. Jesus Christ calls us to acceptance of him. I think that leads into uh, starting to have a look at the, the passage of the Bible that I want to, to look at. And it's from John 6. Um, Andrew, in a few moments, is going to uh, share a few verses um, on from this. But I want to start from John 6, uh, verse 53. Now, John 6, uh, just a bit of context, is one of those chapters in the Bible where Jesus Christ is at full tilt. This is great. This is a great chapter of, of understanding of, of all that Jesus Christ is. We start with the feeding of the 5,000. We then have the walking on water. And yet, with those great miraculous signs, the people who are following Jesus want more. They want more miraculous signs. They don't accept what Jesus is actually saying to them. They, 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 they turn away from that um, and they find it difficult. So, in verse 53, it says this, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats, eats, my, father, eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so to the one who feeds on me will, uh, life be will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate mamma and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. 
He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. So, Jesus is introducing who he is. He's, he's, he's shown the miraculous signs, incredible miraculous signs. Um, but now he's saying that actually I am God and that you must accept me. It's not just understanding, witnessing the, the miraculous signs and seeing and, and maybe even um, understanding that this is an important teacher. It's accepting that this is God before you. So I think um, we obviously have the benefit of hindsight when we look at that. There's kind of references to uh, the Lord's Supper and, and obviously to communion on from that, 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 that this is what we are sharing when we meet together in, um, in communion. But for the early church, this was, or for the early disciples of Jesus, this was real difficult teaching and many of them turned away and they didn't turn away because they didn't understand what Jesus was telling them he was explaining it to them clearly what they turned away from was was the fact that they couldn't accept it so I think at this point that we, we'll kind of move on to the, the next verses Andrew are you going to share yeah Rebecca's going to post oh, it brilliant post it so we're going to share verses 61 to uh, 67 and just before that um on here it says in verse 60 I'm hearing it many of the disciples said this is hard teaching who can accept it and that's we'll get to that in a second so we'll just pause while uh, people just invite you to have a look through 61 to 67 shall I read it through or yeah so so we... Peter will read it through and then and then you've got a chance just to, to read it reflect on it and what we'd love you to do is is to post one thing that stands out to you in the comments so have a reflection ask the Holy Spirit to highlight one thing and post that in the comments. So uh, Peter will read it, and then we'll have a time, a, a space to reflect and post those comments. So it says this. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. You do not want to leave, do you? Just a final verse towards the twelve. He says this, You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. So we'll just pause for a few moments to reflect. Yeah. So we're beginning to get a few reflections coming through. Thank you, everyone. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Mm -hmm. um, Something that Jesus says. 
there and uh, Paul, Paul Bryn, the spirit alone gives life. The words Jesus spoke were life. Yeah, Charlie Karen, does this offend you? When Jesus asks his disciples, does this offend you? And the reflection that the words of Jesus should deeply challenge us. You know, offend is quite an extreme emotion. Do keep those reflections coming in. It's always so encouraging reading reading all the different things that jump out to the to people. So even if you're not not part of Hope, we'd love you to post up and be a part of it. Thanks, Liz. Jesus came to be the bread. Yeah, he came to be the bread, not to give the bread. Yeah. Simon, we have to choose. Yeah, Jesus takes a risk in giving us a choice. Thanks, Liz. Matt Rutter did some great teaching on this apparently back in um, a little while ago. Brilliant. So keep keep coming in, but Peter, why don't you why don't you carry on and take us into the next bit? Well, the ne- the next bit is is one of my favourite um, verses because it's about Simon Peter, who is just awesome. Um, and Simon Peter, kind of predating pre- the previous verse, it's it's. I, I don't. I always kind of read that verse as it's almost like panic. For Jesus, I'm sure it wasn't, but he kind of says to them, uh, "You're not going to leave, are you? You're you're, you're going to stick with this. Um, this teaching is hard, but you're you're going to stick with it." And and I love Simon Peter's response. Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom should we go? Uh, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God." See, for Peter, it's not the miracles that are the important thing. It's the words of Jesus, and it's accepting the words of Jesus. That's the important bit um, for, for Peter. And it's, it's a great declaration, perhaps one of the great declarations of humankind towards God at that moment in saying that you have the words of eternal life. Um, and so can we, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the great opportunity of the Christian faith. It's not just a philosophical exercise of gaining understanding, of, of learning stuff for a quiz, only to get the last question wrong. Only for, it's, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about um, accepting that this is God and that we are part of that. So as, as Liz says, so it's not just accepting the bread, it's that we are, we are, the bread is with us, we are part of it, we, we, we consume it, it is, it is with us as we go forward. Um, and, and the, the great verse in there, the spirit of, uh, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. So thanks Paul for saying that. Because, Flesh, our brain power, counts for nothing. We can have all, we, we can, we can read the Word of God, we can read every commentary, and we will still not have all the understanding, because if we did, we'd be God, actually. That's, and we're not there. That's, that's the riches of heaven. That's the riches of being united with Him that is, is to come. But with the Spirit within us, we, we can we can use the words and we can accept them 
into our, into our life. And that's the, the glory of Scripture for us. And I want to pick out a few ways in which we practically accept that God's Word. And, and the first one is obedience. Um, a few weeks ago, um, Joe and Jez quoted Rick Warren um, and said a moment of obedience is worth a lifetime of Bible study. And I, I must admit, I, I was thinking about this morning and I thought, thanks, Joe and Jez. That's great. I, I'm obviously going to be talking about the Word of God and the importance of, of Bible study. And of course, they, they are important. But on reflection, on reflection, this, that, that uh, applies here. To paraphrase, and uh, obeying one part, of, absorbing and obeying one part of Scripture is worth more than sitting and understanding and, and getting all the answers right in a, in, in a lifetime of Bible studies. Unless we accept it as God's word, then it, it, it might as well just be another philosophical exercise. Mm. And that's what, that's what it means to be devoted to God's word, I think. So it starts with obedience. The next thing is um, it's, 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 it, it, it's linked into our approach, our posture towards that teaching that we receive. Um, and recognising that this teaching is hard. Disciples fell away. The, the, the Bible has been with us for thousands of years. It's been translated. It's been absorbed um, in, 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 and understood and interpreted in different ways. And we have that as a kind of, um, it, it's rich and it's enriched our lives as Christians and it's been great. But it can also mean that we, we come at it from our own perspective, our own sinful nature, and we don't, and so it can get lost, and we can uh, uh, lose understanding of, of what it's about. And the great thing is that throughout the Bible, that's acknowledged that it is difficult to understand. So in Psalm 119, King David, think of that, King David, you think he'd understand it? But King David says, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. So, obedience and acceptance. So, we, we, we might not understand what we're reading. We might, we might find it really confusing. But nevertheless, we still um, must, must keep praying and keep trying to learn as much as we can. The third thing I want to say is that it's life-giving. Uh, I have a very good friend who is a, a retired um, probation officer. And as part of his role, he uh, went into prisons and spoke to this mainly men um, who'd been uh, convicted of domestic violence. And he told me that without exception, they all talked about their love for the person who, their victim, actually. They, without exception, they would speak about the love for that person. Um, 
And this friend started to, to, to look at what the home office was sending him and what it should say. And it was, it was just hopeless. It didn't cut through at all. And so he started using 1 Corinthians 13 and love that we all know. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love does not boast. And he found that it had such an impact on people. In, under, in, in these guys, in understanding what love really was and and how they could move on from their, their previous behaviour. And that was, a, that was a powerful witness. And, and the reason I tell that story is that the word of God is life-giving. It can seep into every part of our life. It's not just about understanding. It's not just kind of reading, uh, although that's important and teaching. It's, it's using it in our daily lives, even. It's kind of feasting on it. I... I, I I, um, I, I will enjoy taking one verse, not looking at any commentary on it, but just living with it for a few days, weeks, however long I want to. There's no pressure there. It's just allowing God's word to seep into um, our, our daily lives. So before we kind of open this up for questions, I just um, want to talk about practical things. Maybe kind of uh, reading huge chunks of the Bible is not for you. There are plenty of ways in which we can engage with God's word. Um, we have so many resources open to us to, to, to kind of demonstrate that, that devotion. Um, Ollie Hall will tell you that David Suchet reads the Bible beautifully, and he does. Um, and we have apps and uh, in, in our household, um, Helen introduced me to Lectio 365, which um, is, is excellent. Uh, Silas mentioned it last week, I think. Um, apps on your phone, put your headphones on. There, there is a need for discipline to find time. But in preparing this morning, I really had a sense. Here I am speaking um, at Hope for the first time. And there's great pressure that, you know, I'm speaking on the word of God and it's your great understanding of this, of this passage. And God was saying, don't put that pressure on yourself. My word is sufficient. Lift that pressure off. Just enjoy my word. And, and I think that's so important that, that we kind of, we, we feel, can we, we feel we must always get back to this understanding and that we must put that pressure on ourselves. I've done this all my life. Even, even recently, the last, the, the, the rebuilders, uh, uh, on Nehemiah, the, the, the series that we've previously had for this one, I felt this great, uh, pressure to buy the latest commentary on Nehemiah and to read through that and, and kind of understand Nehemiah and strip it down to its bare bones and rebuild it again. God's saying, you don't have to do that. that. That's not a requirement. You don't have to have a degree in, in theology or divinity or, or be a great scholar to understand and embrace the word of God. That pressure isn't there. It's nowhere does it say that that has to be the case. Indeed, I've met, I've met theologians, as I've said, who, who, who spent their entire life researching great scholars and and they will say that they've dipped the toe in the o ocean they've they've gone in there is so much 
that they can't get there. So lift that pressure off yourself and just enjoy God's word. And, and if, if you don't know where to begin, um, plenty of people can help with, with resources and can point you in the right direction as, as introductions to, to God's word. So just to conclude my bit before we have some, some questions. Devoted to the word means accepting it. It doesn't just mean understanding it. It just means allowing it to be absorbed into your very bones, to live with it, to kind of devote yourself to its teaching, but to devote yourself to listening to what God has to say and being with God. We are, this passage talks about being chosen. We're chosen people who God loves. So he, he, he's looking for ways to interact with us. And one of the great ways he has is his word. And so does he not want to bless us in that? Does he not want to share all he, he is about? He just invites us to, to spend some time with him. As Andrew said a few weeks ago, just spend time. Just take, find a quiet spot and spend time. And I think that's what devoted to to the word might look like we're going to have some questions yeah, thank you so now. much peter so um yeah if, if you've got any questions for peter then we've got a bit of, bit of space so please do pop a question up in the comments and depending on how many there are i might not be able to ask all of them but just while while people um, think of their questions something that you know what, one of the things i was hearing you say there peter was really that that to be devoted to the word it's not just about studying the word but it's about being shaped by the word allowing god to to shape us as people through through the scriptures and I just wondered if you could share a sort of story a, a way that you have been shaped by the word I think I I, um, I mean I came to I came to faith in my teenage years and I um, I then have I grew up in in, in in a church, uh, my parents were um, both uh, committed Christians and, and took me to church and 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 always kind of enriched um, my life with with prayer and and word. And I think what I want to say is that for me, um, how it's shaped me is that words and prayer for me. Or the scripture and prayer are intertwined. Mm. Can't have one without the other. And so, for part of my original design was that, that I'm, it was calm. And, and I think I was thinking about that and what my original design had said and that calmness and, and being unflappable, mm. um, which uh, I don't know, Helen might disagree on that at times. <laughs> um, but the, the, that, that kind of, um, Taking time. There, there have been times in my life where in prayer I've just had a yearning for reading God's word. Anything from God's word. No, no great plan in that. No, no kind of, um, oh I must go to this bit because that's the series we're doing in church. Just actually resting in God's word and, and enjoying it. And that's been, that's been a vital part of my journey as a Christian and, and as, as I was trying to say a few moments ago there have been times where God has revealed himself 
just from reading a verse, and it might be weeks or months later. Mm. And that that kind of ah, oh, that's why I went to that. I'm not. A, I, I'm not. It's it's not a spell book. Um, it's not kind of opening up and just saying, oh, I'll pick anything. You've got to pray into it. And I think how, in answer to your question, how it's how it shaped me is is in prayer and feasting on God's word, on God's word, and that that links back to what the early church did. They, yeah. That that verse from Acts two, I think it's forty two. Yeah. Um, that that they 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 were in partnership. Those two partnerships of prayer yeah. and 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 teaching. And what what advice would you give to someone if if you know like, like this passage of scripture that they, they we read a bit of Jesus' teaching or we we read a bit of God's word that we find hard to understand or hard to stomach. What would your advice be of what do we do with that? How do we deal with that? I think I think that <laughs> there it is useful to understand a bit of the context of where it comes from. I think that that. that just can't, not not necessarily reading a great commentator who influences what you might believe on it. That's not what that's about. Just understand the the context. I love the way Alice does that, and 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 Andrew and Chris do that. As, you know, that, that understanding what is going on, what what's painting the scene, if you will. What's the set on which these um, things are happening? I think that's that's a good starting point so you can kind of accept that this is difficult because the context is it was written um a thousand years ago and that that they had an understanding of sacrifice in this way they had an understanding of whatever it might be so i think i think you do need that teaching Mm. but then i come back to what i've saying it is about praying into it Mm. and and um and and not uh, not feeling pressurized that someone has the correct answer it's it's actually not a bad thing at times to speculate because you're thinking it through i think god enjoys that 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 we kind of lord i don't understand this but you you do and i trust you and i will be obedient to you in that um did it mean this? Hmm. Did it mean that? I loved a few weeks ago we, uh, on the, the 8 a.m. prayers we've been reading sections of the Bible. I loved it when um, Jake the other day was reading about um, Jesus when he was young being left in the temple and just almost as a side comment. Well, some might say that's bad parenting. I just love the way I love the way he kind of mm. described that. Now, I'm not... There's loads of theological answers why that shouldn't, you shouldn't be saying that at all. And you shouldn't be, you know, and it's kind of, who are we to kind of say bad parenting by Mary and Joseph? But actually, that's thinking through the Bible in a mm. deep way. It's us coming to our, uh, an understanding mm. of what it means. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing to do, actually. A, a, a sort of invitation to interact with it. And yeah. that's what Jake was doing, is interacting yeah. with it. Yeah, it's interacting, rather than just accepting it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a living thing, and mm. it brings life. And God can take it if we don't understand it, and we yeah. ask him. So that, that was a lovely phrase you had about, you know, finding out the, the scene upon which the, the scripture's painted in terms of the, the importance of understanding context. To close, you know, what resources are there to 
help people to find the context of things. I know one, which is the Bible Project, which is an online resource mm-hmm. full of videos that do summaries of different uh, books of the Bible and explore yeah. different themes. I think it's BibleProject.org, or if you're if you're clueless, Google Bible Project, and um, Google will do the hard work for you. But have you got any other resources that you would recommend? Well, I've m- I mentioned Lectio. Yeah, I think that's good. But that's linked to prayer. Yeah, and, and I, that's I, an app and a website. That's, is that's, it? That's uh, it's an app. Yeah, yeah, you can download. I think it is a website as well. I'm not not Lectio sure. 365. Lectio three six five. Yeah. I think is is very good. Um, and I think that actually. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert on, on where all the resources mm. are. I just can speak for what helps me. I, I like um, I like going back and, and listening to the teaching of of others, and so podcasts. Of I, I think that's always a good thing to do. Um, we also um, uh, have a, a Bible notes which called Living Light. I always want to call them Living Daylights, but that's a Bond film. Um, <laughs> Living Light, um, which, I mean, time, we're all busy, mm. and, um, you know, but the kind of 15 minutes, um, not even that, actually, 10 minutes, to kind of read a passage of the Bible, um, a little explanation, and then prayer, and that leads into prayer, is, is a really good thing. And I think that obedience and discipline go hand in hand, and I think... You've got to stick at it, mm. actually, um, at times. Um, not sticking at it, and I can't stress this enough, not sticking at it because you need to have all the answers. You won't. Mm. Sticking at it because you want to kind of accept the love of God in your life. And God's word is part of that. Mm. And that's, that's devotion, I think. Thank you so much, Peter, for sharing. It's such a privilege to have you sort of open your story and open your experience and wisdom. Would you pray for us and pray for the church to finish? Loving Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for its richness, for uh, its, its great story of you. And Lord, thank you that you invite us to... Um, accept you through it that it, it it is part of you and it's part of your love for us and thank you that as your chosen people you have given us this great word and we pray lord in the coming weeks and months that that we will find ways to be devoted to your word to understanding of it uh, to an acceptance of it and uh, we pray for blessing on wherever we are today and in the coming week that uh, you will watch over watch over us and inspire us by your word in jesus name amen thank you peter so much always round and then okay. finish us off it's brilliant i've got access to peter's laptop here so i could do anything i want to it's really tempting anyway um I love that bit at the end of John John six where where Peter's response to uh, Jesus' question you, you know you're not going to go as well are you and Peter just says no where else will we go you have the words of eternal life and and Scripture is hard to get to, to get through sometimes and and we just want to say that never ever feel ashamed if you find Scripture hard to to get through or read or hard to understand but just that we as a church we want to be people who keep on saying actually even if we find it really hard to get we're not going anywhere else we're always going to turn to Jesus we're going to resolutely go back to him and bring the the wrestle 
to him. So thank you so much for tuning in. It's, it's, we've really been enjoying going through this series, looking at these different ways in which the early church were devoted. And being devoted to God's word is, is a key part of how the early church thrived and experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that they did. So um, please do tune back next week. is our final uh, session on the, being a devoted church. If you're new, we'd love to connect. Do put a comment in there. Don't forget the youth and kids videos which uh, have been put on, the different resources we've got. Connect with us on Facebook. That's where we're doing most of our stuff. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. So great to have you with us, and we'll see you next week.